Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We titled this, this, this uh, new series 41 because we, we entered into our 41st year as a church uh, in August. August, we turned 40 years old. And uh, a couple years ago, or two years ago, we sat down with leadership and we said, what, what, what is our 10-year vision? Uh, where do we want to be in 10 years? And we began to work on it, right? And uh, we had so much fun doing it, and we came up with what we call our new vision. So I had the privilege of teaching that today, and then in the weeks to come, we'll keep bringing it out, but we're also going to teach our values. So I'm real, real excited about that. Now, guys, when we went through COVID, as we walked through COVID, we noticed that there's some things we could have done better. So I always blame us. I blame the pastors. My pastor friends all over the country felt the same way. And then I listened to some of the strong voices out there. They felt the same way. They felt, man, we, we, we need to do some things better. So uh, we added that to our new vision, and we're really, really excited about it. There's a, a, a survey, a stat I want to share with you. It's done by Barna. And in case you don't know who Barna Research is, they are the gold standard. They are gold standard when it comes to what's happening in religion in America and what's happening in Christianity. So the secular world looks to see what Barna is saying about the church. And a lot of federal politicians, they look to see what Barna says is important to us as Christians, and then they begin to say it. So you'll vote for them, right? So some of them are sincere, some of them are not sincere, but they're trying to win your vote, right? And so it's the gold standard. And they recently came out with a survey about Christianity in America, and it's fascinating. It plays into our vision. It shows you, I call it the one thing we lacked that I think we can do better, and I'll explain it as we go. But let's take a look uh, at this uh, from Barna. About 176 million Americans, they're going off of 326 total population. We know that might be higher with undocumented uh, undocumented, uh, uh, people that are here. But 176 million Americans, around 54% of the total population, identify as Christians. Now, only 73% of them, that's 128 million, or 39% of the total population, say they are born again. So that's that's not bad, right? But now only 8% of the 128 million, around 10.5 million, you want to remember 8%. You want to remember 10.5 million. Uh, have a Christian biblical worldview. That, that would be around 3% of the entire American uh, population. So take, take a look at that. Only 10.5 million Americans, 8% of born-again Christians, 3% of Americans have a Christian biblical worldview. And we're going to find out how important that is. That means you know what the Bible says and you believe it, right? And so if you were to ask me, why is this world going crazy? Why is our country going crazy? I would say there's only 3% of us that believe the Bible, you know. Uh, That's why it's that crazy out there, guys. So uh, we want to help people understand what the Bible says. We want to take all of us to the next level. And uh, so what's a Christian biblical worldview? And and then we're going to bring it into our vision. Here it is. A Christian biblical worldview is knowing, believing, and attempting to obey. It takes a time to grow in God, right? The moral commands... Uh, in the Ten Commandments and the Old Testament, along with the commandments of Jesus in the New Testament. This is what we call a traditional Judeo-Christian 
value. So the Old Testament has moral commands, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, right? Um, don't commit adultery. Those are moral commands. The Old Testament's full of a bunch more, but all of them were brought in the New Testament so that they, God didn't change them. We just simply accomplished them through the grace of God and the help of the Holy Spirit, right? And we're all striving to obey God in these areas of our life. And it's really, really important. And guys, Jesus gave us commandments. We'll look at them in a minute. But we would call this a traditional uh, Judeo-Christian values. And then I would add to this, uh, a Christian biblical worldview also includes the following beliefs and much more. I just wanted to give you a flavor. Jesus is the son of God who always existed. The only way to heaven is through Jesus. There is a, a heaven and a hell. Um, God will judge the living and the dead, dot, 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 which means this is just some, this would be called a Christian biblical worldview. And I think we do a pretty good job as a church uh, teaching that, but we we need to do a better job helping people grasp it and begin to walk in it. And so we came up with a plan to do that. So you might say, well, why is this so important? Take a look at this next thing. You can't have a Christian biblical worldview unless you become a true disciple of Jesus who believes and follows his commandments and all these other things we mentioned. That means only 8% of born-again Christians in America are true disciples of Jesus. And I want to just camp out here for a moment. That's 10.5 million, right? So believers, is uh, we would have a higher percentage here, guys. And, and let me tell you why. We came through COVID and, and we looked we said, man, we, we need to make more true disciples, right? We need to do a better job. And we realized there's some vehicles we need to create in order to do that. But Believers is, is unique. And there's other churches in the Valley like us. Um, but when someone visits our church, uh, whether, you know, no matter where they come from, first they're checking us out. How friendly are we, right? What's our children's ministry like if they have children, right? What's our worship like? And then they're checking me out. I'm being checked out every week, guys. And, and some people are looking for a fiery preacher. That's not me. So if you want a fiery preacher, you, you'd want to go to some other churches. There's some great ones in, in town, in, in the valley. Um, and then they're, they're listening to what I say. And because I talk a lot about finding out what God says, what the Bible says, and putting it into the practice, there's some people I repel because uh, that makes them feel guilty because they don't want to do what God has to say. So we repel a lot of people for that reason, and, and that's okay. I, I fully understand it, right? But then we attract people for that reason, the people that are hungry for God, people that want to live for God. And so our church is full of what I call, you guys ready? I coined a phrase. I love this phrase. I call it self-disciplers. And we're we're full of self-disciplers. And I'm hoping that phrase catches on and they use it. It's just going to be used everywhere because the church is full of them, right? Uh, this church and, and there's other Christians. Uh, most of the 10.5 million are self-disciplers. What does that mean? It means that when you read the Bible, you say, okay, God, if you make sure it's in context. Okay, God, I'm going to put that into practice. When you hear a message at church or you listen to someone else teach a message, okay, God, that's what you want me to do? I'll put it into practice. So we have tons of self-disciplers here, and I'm so excited that we do. So if you look at our church, um, we, we used to say 70% were disciples. Now we, we took it after COVID down to 50%. But then in a service like this, I think it's a little more than 50% because true disciples come to church, right? So you're going to have a little higher percentage. But the longer you're at church, like, like on Easter we double our attendance. So, so that lets us know there, those are people that don't come all year, right? 
uh, or they come just a couple times a year. So we realize we, we want to reach those dear people and, and, and turn them into true disciples too. So I wanted to make sure you heard that. So let's talk a little bit about this. And, and I want to talk about the commands of Jesus. But we asked God, uh, do we change our vision? And we thought, no, we're not changing our vision. Here's our vision. We exist to see a city connected with God. We felt like that is powerful. What does it mean to connect someone with God? Well, you bring them to Christ. Okay, and then what? And then you turn them into a disciple. So we exist to see a city connected with God, a valley, right? Wherever we're at, we, we live for that. But we thought our mission statement isn't helping that happen at the highest level. We're not making enough true disciples. So we began to pray about our mission statement. And I always tell the guys, I said, I want our mission statement and our vision. I want it to get me so excited, I'll run through a wall, right? And uh, I can't do that anymore. I might be... Uh, injured for six months, seven months now. Uh, when I was younger, I'd be injured, but I'd recover quicker. Now I'm not going to recover all that quick. So, but I just mean I'm so excited about it. I'll take a bullet for it. I want this to happen, right? And so I want to share with you our new mission statement. Here it is, to create a multiplying movement of disciples making disciples. And we, we thought that's how we connect the city with God, to create a multiplying movement of disciples making disciples. And multiply is such an important word. It's way better than addition, right? Two plus two is four, right? But you begin to multiply five times five is what? 25. And at five plus five is only 10, right? So we want to create a multiplying movement of disciples, right? But also we feel, boy, we didn't give you guys the right vehicles to do this part, making disciples. And we want to help you be a disciple maker. And we'll talk to you about that. Uh, the vehicles will release in 2024, but I'm just getting you now today to pray and say, God, what part do I play in this? And I'll give you some choices to, to bring to God. But guys, here's where Jesus talked about this. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, notice it's disciples, not as apostles. There's about 500 people standing there listening to Jesus when he said this. And this is just before he ascended into heaven. So he was, after he was raised from the dead, he spent 40 days talking with the disciples, meeting different people. The Bible says he taught them about the kingdom of God. That would have been some exciting teaching, right? And then at the end of 40 days, he's going to go up to heaven. And when he ascended up into heaven, a couple of angels said, guys, I know you're real sad, but the same Jesus in the same way he left, he's returning. He's coming back to the earth. And that's the promise he made. He's going to come back, roll from, from Jerusalem, right? So he's talking to all of us. He says, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. So we're glad Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth. Verse 19, therefore go, not apostles, disciples, Go and make disciples of or in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we get excited every time there's a water baptism, right? So he's, he's asked us to go and make disciples. And so we just feel God's called us. And, and, and what we could do better is to create a movement of disciples that make disciples, right? And, and we feel like, I just... I just expected everybody to hear what God said and do it, right? And, and now God's saying, no, no, we want to take it to the next level. I feel our car culture, the culture of this nation demands that we do it. And this is what makes Christianity fun. And Jesus said this, verse 20, right after this, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, 
I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Is Jesus with us right now? Via the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, he's with us. Is he with us while everything crazy is going on in this world? Yeah, he's with us. Is he with us to help us become a multiplying movement of disciples that make disciples? Yeah, he's with us, and he's with us till the end. So notice he says, we want to teach them now to obey all the commands he gave. And this is interesting. I asked myself, well, how many commands did you give? And it's a lot, guys. But I said, what's the top 10? So I came up with a top 10 list. And it's pretty, pretty cool. Now, you know how I talk about we have the Believer's Church app? So if you have the Believer's Church app, you go to this lesson. When you hit this lesson, everything that came up on the screens, and uh, it's always on there. Or you can go to believers.cc, our website. You go to this lesson, everything that comes up on the screen. I'm about to give you something, in my opinion, that is devotional material. You can, for the next two weeks, you can go over this, look these scriptures up. It will change your life forever. So let's look at the top 10. Here we go. Jesus commanded us to read, listen to, and obey the Bible, John 15, 1 through 10. We have to find out what's in there, right? And, and I've put this as number one because that's the only way we'll find out. And then he taught us to deny our desires and follow his commands. That's Matthew 10, 38. This one's so hard for me. It's certain, I'll tell you, certain of these are really hard. Uh, and certain of these top 10 are hard to do. Sometimes I say, are you sure, Jesus? Like, um, uh, this one too? Uh, maybe, maybe this doesn't apply anymore because culture has changed, right? And I'll show you some of them that I had struggled with. Uh, to seek his kingdom above all else, that's one of his commands, Matthew 6, 33. And he says, uh, do what you do, live your life the way you have to live it, but make sure I'm the number one priority. My kingdom is number one. And then he says, um, be ready for my return. Isn't that pretty cool? Um, you know, if I go back to the 80s, there were a couple more things Jesus had to do before he could come back. He had to fulfill a few things. Do you know everything is fulfilled? Everything is done. Jesus could come anytime. Isn't that crazy? And we know from the book of Romans chapter 11, all he's waiting for is the exact number of non-Jews to come into the kingdom. And I don't know what that number is. I surely don't want us to be behind with it. But God says, live like I could come today. Wouldn't it be cool if he came now, right? Especially the 11 o'clock service, right? Because he didn't pick the nine o'clock. He didn't pick traditional. He said, you guys, I want you to come right while you're in church. And that would be really fun. But it doesn't matter. He can come anytime, right? And then, and then uh, uh, he says, love and obey him above any other person, Matthew 10, 37. Tons of other scriptures for this, guys. But it just means whoever you love the most, you obey, right? So he says, love me more than anybody on the earth. And then here we go some more, to love one another and our enemies. And this is one of the one I said, hmm, you sure, Jesus? I, now, this is probably true of other ethnicities. I can only speak for the Italian ethnicity, you know. Um, my mom and dad weren't this way, but I had some relatives. They were so good at holding a grudge. And I was born, that was my default. I enjoyed holding a grudge. I just, it felt good. It's like, I'd like to nurse this for a couple years, right? And so I had relatives that taught me that, but it was just kind of my nature. And, and when Jesus, I read this, I'm like, really? You just took half the fun out of my life, Jesus. And then, and, and, and you see the scriptures there, and then he said, forgive everyone. I was like, really? Oh my gosh, oh, okay, okay, Jesus. That's Mark 11, 25 through 26. And he said, serve others, which, you know, that, that wasn't all that exciting, but I said, all right, I'll, I'll let go of my desires, pick yours up, Matthew 20, 26 and 28. He said, stay sexually pure. I really struggled with this as a young Christian. I'm like, 
really? Jeez. Um, and Matthew 5, 28 through 30, and then he said, go and make disciples, teaching them to obey all I've commanded you, right? And we just read that scripture. So these are what I'd call the top 10 lists. And guys, hearing them one time is great, but I'm gonna show you what's called the learning pyramid. Uh, it's just phenomenal. And I wanna just go through it with you. So let's take a look at it, guys. It's gonna talk about retaining. This is, this is how you retain things. So just a lecture, just imagine a college lecture, right? Where they're just straight out lecturing you. They say you retain 5%. Of, of a lecture. Um, but if you read too, that's why I put things on the screen so you can read them with me. Uh, you'll, you'll retain 10%. Audiovisual, uh, it's like this pyramid's audiovisual, right? You retain 20%. So I'm trying to help you. Uh, demonstrations, 30%. So remember when Pastor Ryan here and then Pastor Joe Jr. and Boardman, they taught that lesson in 40 and they showed two lions attacking a water buffalo. I was so glad there was no blood coming out. And, and then the turtle on his back being turned over. Guys, that helped us retain 30% of the message. Isn't that amazing? And then uh, discussion, 50%. So if you go to a weekend connect group or you just talk with someone about service and you say, what did you think? What did you learn? You'll retain 50%. Uh, if you practice it and put it in practice, you retain 75%. If you teach others, you retain 90%. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, the last two. So you can take that, that down. But 75% for practicing and doing. Uh, so years ago, Pastor Graham Cathers, many of you know him. He started our Borman campus for us. He's in Arizona now. But I'd preach a message and he'd come up to me and he'd say, here's the three things I'm going to put into practice this week that you taught. I thought, you listen that close? And, 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 but he knew this pyramid, right? He's the one to show me the pyramid. And, and he said, yeah, if I put it in the practice, I retain 75%. I thought, that is amazing. But then if you teach somebody else what you've learned, you retain 90% of what you hear. And I'm not talking about teaching like I am. You, you realize what God's called me to do for a living. Uh, I'm retaining a lot of things because I'm teaching, right? But this is talking about just sharing it with someone else, 90%. And so uh, disciples making disciples. We're going to give you some vehicles where you can share these wonderful things with other people. And so I want to begin to just uh, show you how we're going to do this, right, guys? We're going to do it uh, through weekend plus groups and then growth track, dream team, and groups are going to be weaved all the way through. So I want you to notice we put weekends and groups together. So before... It was just weekends. And we thought just by having service, just by doing special events, we can bring all kinds of people to Christ and turn them into disciples. And what we learned from COVID is, no, we got we to gotta use the groups we have, and then we have to create some new vehicle groups, right? And groups need to become the front door too. So some people will, will never come to church, church, but they'll come to your home. They'll come wherever you're going uh, to do these kind of things. And I, I thought about my life. God brought church to me. He brought Lou, if you know my testimony. He brought Lou to me. I wasn't going to any church anywhere. I stopped going to church. I wasn't even sure if God existed. And God brought Lou to me. And Lou starts sharing things I didn't want to hear. And I told him to get lost, but he wouldn't get lost. He paid me to train him at the Stuart Valley Barbell Club. So I couldn't even get rid of him. I tried. I tried to insult him. And I was willing to give his money back. He started just talking. He talked about things Jesus talked about. And guys, then I accepted Christ. He brought church to me, Right? And then I went into a church. I'm at my new church, first time I'm ever there. 
And I, there's so many things I don't know. I'm brand new. I'm 19 years old, just ready to turn 20, and I'm in a new church. And there was a guy, his name's Mike Donatio. Some of you know Mike. He was the VP of loans at the credit union. Now he's retired. But Mike was at that church, Mike Donatio, and he took me aside and he began to mentor me and teach me some things. And I think, wow, that happened in my life, but I need to create a vehicle for that to happen here, right? It happened just as a self-discipler. But that's why we're going to make groups right there with everything else. And you see the other things that we're going to do. So here's our 10-year vision. Take a deep breath with me. No, seriously, take another deep breath. This is big. Oh, it's audacious. Here it is. 10-year picture. We will accomplish this by 2033, and none of us will age a day. And it goes like this. Our massive God-sized vision is to see this movement grow to 10,000 people in 10 years. And so that means disciples making disciples. And you might think that's really high, but wait till you see that's we, we're very conservative on that. We believe that when we multiply our ministry through disciples, making disciples, this is not only possible, but it's just scratching the surface of what God can do. Let me show you how we came up with this number. We're sitting, we're talking about it. And, and here's what we, we came up with. And remember, there's churches around the country, pockets of churches that are doing this and they're doing a really good job. But here it is. If five people invested in five people, five people said, I'm going to try to help five people, uh, or more people become a disciple, right? A year, and those five people invested in five. Year one, we'd have 25 disciples making disciples. Year two, we'd have 125 disciples making disciples. Year three, 625 disciples making disciples. Year four, 3,125 disciples making disciples. Year five, 15,625 making disciples. Year six, 78,000. We just have uh, practically our whole county in there, right? Guys, year seven, 390,000 plus Year eight, 1,953,000. Year nine, you'd have 976 or 765 plus. And year 10, you'd have 48 million. We'll get other states saved. We'll, we'll, we'll have the whole state of Ohio being disciples, right? So we saw that and we thought, well, first of all, it's not going to work exactly like that. Uh, but it was exciting to just think about it. And so we said, well, what can we do? What number can we put out there that we think God could do through us? And we came up with 10,000. They may not all come to believers, but guys, think about impacting 10,000 people that aren't not only just Christians, they're disciples who want to make disciples. That is exciting. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to run through a wall, but I, I can't because then I'll have to go to a doctor's. But over in Boardman, here in Warren and online, can we just say, yeah, God, let this come to pass. Just give it up a little bit. Whoa, that's exciting. That's exciting. And, and, and a disclaimer, I had no caffeine today, so I'm just excited over vision. Now, guys, we got to go back to our three-year plan. Uh, this is where the foundation is laid. Three, this is the three-year picture. We will accomplish this by 2026. 300 disciples, disciple makers, people leading groups with the purpose of making disciples. So we can do it through some of our existing group, but we're going to create new, new, new vehicles. But guys, listen, listen. Here's one of the things you want to pray about this week, and we'll pray at the end of this service. Lord, am I one of the 300? Am I one of the 300? Not the 144,000 Jewish guys, right, in the, in the book of Revelation. Am I one of the 300? Or maybe you'll be helping some of the 300, right? And you want to pray, Lord, do I fit in here? But then look at the next group, and some of you will be part of this group, um, 20 catalytic leaders, people starting groups with the purpose of raising up 
leaders. So these are going to be the people that help us raise up the 300. And guys, real quick, and I'm going to go back to this. We'll use, these numbers are for our, our, our four growing church hubs, Warren Campus, Traditional Campus, Boardman Campus, and TCI Campus. And so when you see these numbers, it's just not the Warren Campus. And so over in Boardman, guys, traditional, here in Warren, pray, am I one of the 20? Some of you, God's already dealing with your hearts. You're, you're one of the 20 catalytic, and you know it. We'll be reaching out. You'll be hearing things as we uh, go into 2024. You just want to pray, where, where do I fit here, Lord? And then some of you are listening to me. You're like, Pastor Joe, I, I'm glad you're excited, but nah, I don't think I'm any of those. And, and that's okay. Here's how you want to pray. You want to say, Lord God, uh, I don't have a desire for this vision, but if it's what you want me to be part of, would you, would you drop that in my heart? And then you might be as crazy excited as I am just after you pray some prayers like that, right? And then some of you think, am I able to do that? Can I do it? Could I ever do it? And guys, yes, you can. Uh, we'll give you the vehicles. You're able to do it. Uh, it won't be like I'm teaching now, but you'll be able to just share with people. We, we'll give you vehicles to use. But two scriptures came to mind. These are really important. And I want to close with these two scriptures. Guys, these are two scriptures that I hold on for every area of my life. I want you to hold on to them. And here's the first one, Mark 10, 27. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. So the context matters. We don't have to take time for the context because he put the word everything, right? So this principle works in every area of our life. So did Jesus promise he'd be with us all the way till the end? Did he not promise that, guys? And he's saying, whatever God's asked us to do, everything's possible with God. So God's going to make this come, come to pass. And I want you to hold on to this for our vision as a church, but also for your, what you're called to do and some of the things God's placed on your heart. And then Mark 9, 23, what do you mean if I can, Jesus asked? Anything is possible if a person believes. And so the context is important, but when he said anything, he, he made the principle important, right? So he said, with God, all things are possible. He says, anything is possible if you believe. So I want you to think about that. I want you to Get these scriptures, meditate on them in the next couple of weeks. But think about that. What, what else do you feel God needs you to do in your personal life, right? Anything's possible with God. God can give you the power to do it, right? Um, with God, all things are possible. If you can believe, all things are possible. And so I want you to take these scriptures, think about them. I want you to pray, Lord, am I one of the 20? Am I one of the 300? Am I going to help the 300? And guys, I already said it, but I'm going to say it one more time. I am excited about our new vision. I'm excited about what we are convinced God wants to do. And over in Borman, here in Warren, online in the chat rooms, can we just give it up to God one more time? Say, thank you, Lord God. <laughs> Woo! I really believe, I believe this makes Christianity fun or otherwise it's boring. It's one of the most, you could be so bored with your Christianity. So I wanna pray, just wanna say to you, um, when, when service is over in Borman, TCI and here in, in Warren, uh, altar prayer. We have uh, people that know how to pray. Come up if you need prayer. And then guys here in the Warren campus, our story wall is still out there. There's tons of people that wrote on it. 
Uh, if you want, you can take a Polaroid picture and put it up there too. Uh, if you haven't gotten to the story wall, go read it. Read some of the things. It's just people saying uh, one sentence, two sentences. This is what God did for me through believers, but now we need to pray. This is an important time. Can we bow our heads, close our eyes? Father, we love you so much. Father, we thank you for our three-year and 10-year plan. Lord, I'm so excited to, that we're going to be a multiplying movement of disciples making disciples and just saying, thank God for all the self-disciples, but now we're going to take it to the next level as we go into year 41. And Lord, we thank you for the remainder of this series when we hear our values and, and continue to hear vision. Father, we thank you for it. Um, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening to my voice, would you agree with what I'm about to pray and whisper these prayers out of your hearts? Father, where do I fit in? Am I one of the 300? Am I one of the 20? Am I going to help the 300? Lord, show me where I fit. Can you whisper that to God? Just show me where I fit. And Father, we ask your blessing upon this vision, upon your people. Lord, we thank you that with you, everything's possible. And if we can believe that you're with us and you can do anything through us, all things are possible, Lord God. Thank you so much. Let's stay in an attitude of prayer. I believe God's going to speak to some of your hearts right now. But, you know, if you're in service today in Borman here in Warren, or you're online and you're not sure of your eternity, you know, Jesus died so you can live. So God sent his son who always existed, took on a human body, and then they crucified him. He allowed it to happen. He came to die, so he, he, he knew it needed to happen, even though he didn't, uh, his flesh didn't look up to it, right? Or look forward to it. Uh, but then he died. God, the Bible says God put our sins and the sins of the whole world on him. Then he was buried three days, three nights in the heart of the earth. And God raised him up. He's called the first fruits, right? And he said, whoever believes in me will not perish. I'll give you eternal life. And the way we enter into God is by accepting Christ as our Savior. And if you're listening to my voice, you say, I can't remember a day when I prayed and made him Savior. Some of you might be like I was. I didn't even believe God existed anymore when, when, I, when God opened my eyes up. Others, you may have been in church your whole life, but you can't remember a day where you prayed or somebody in between. Only God can open your heart, but if, if you're here and you say, my heart is open, I believe what I, I believe Jesus is Lord and I want to accept him and begin to follow him. Would you pray with me right now? The rest of us, can we help him pray? Just say this after me. Uh, say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin stained and I need a savior. I repent of all my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of the living God. I accept you today as my savior. I declare you Lord. And I make a decision today to begin to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc 
or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.